Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Rettiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today is Lance Gums, who for the last uh, 25 years has been one of the chiefs of the Shinnecock Indian Nation. And um, I'm glad to have you on my podcast. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on, Dan. It's always a pleasure to sit and chat with you. <laughs> yeah, we have, we are due for a steak dinner, actually. But um, what I wanted to talk to you about today was um, what is the current situation uh, regarding the uh, casino, which was supposed to break ground, at least that was the, uh, the plan uh, this month. Is that moving along and is it gonna happen soon? It's moving along. Uh, there are some uh, dynamics that we're dealing with internally, but in terms of the overall project, yes, it's moving along to answer your question. Um, we fully intend to move forward with, uh, with our gaming. Um, <laughs> something that we can just leave sitting on the sidelines, uh, especially given, you know, our situation within our community here. Is there any discussion about having it somewhere else again? I've been talking about that all all these years. Well, I mean, there's always been discussion uh, about having it someplace else. Um, but the nuances that are involved with having it someplace else um, would really take a concerted effort by you know by basically our our local politicians our state politicians and our, our congressional representatives to even have that um as a remote possibility uh it's not as easy as it sounds uh given uh the the um uh rules and guidelines of indian gaming under igra which is the uh indian gaming regulatory act that was passed in 1988 so, you know, it, it sounds easy on the face of it, but it's not as easy as everyone thinks it could be. And the only, you know, other option for us uh, is if we were to get one of the commercial gaming licenses uh, that um, are out there, uh, there's three left uh, in the state. And if we were to get one of them, then it becomes an easier process because it wouldn't be considered Indian gaming then. So we wouldn't have to be under the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act. We could just uh, be like a, you know, like one of the regular casinos like Jake's 58 or Aqueduct or any of the others that are in the state. Have you uh, studied the, uh, where is it, is Islandia, I think, or somewhere there? The uh, other bingo hall? Jake's 58, yeah, we're very familiar with it. That was one of the areas that we had looked at originally. Uh, in that area up there and had discussed, you know, the potential of going there. We had uh, actually had meetings with Suffolk County um, uh, back in the day uh, and talking about the, the various locations that were along uh, 495 that would be suitable for our gaming, but um, never worked out. Is the parking for what I saw, I saw the plan for it 
is the parking for cars is similar or, or more or less than what you saw on the uh, one up the island? Um, well, we have a lot more options than they have. I mean, you know, we have the ability to um, park cars at the power grounds and shuttle them up, you know. Um, we have various parking lots within the community, just as, uh, you know, we would do for powwows. So um, parking, you know, really isn't a concern. Um, it's not going to be, you know, this overly large facility. And, you know, obviously it's not going to have a hotel uh, with it at, at this point. So um, it, it's, it's, it's manageable. It's, it's doable and it's manageable. Um, do you have a date when you think it might break ground, roughly? No. Not yet. Where will it be on the land near the powwow grounds? Nope. It's going to be right out on the highway. Uh, and that would be uh, at which end of the peninsula? Right here on Montauk Highway. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it, I'm sorry, like, uh, east, east or west? Yeah, well, it's west of me, um, east of the museum. And uh, we have an area there that we have designated for economic development for the tribe. And that was done probably uh, a good um, 15 or 16 years ago. Um, we called it our economic development zone, our you know, economic hub development zone area. So, um, that's most likely, that's the most likely um, place for it. One of the most interesting things that to me has been the shift in public opinion about the monuments up on Sunrise. Uh, I think it's changed quite a bit, whether or not you realize it, I don't know. But uh, initially all everyone was all bent out of shape about it. <clears throat> and then they were put up. And now people are saying things like, well, they're standing up for themselves. This is the, what they what they want to do, and we're kind of nice. It's nice to see this happening for them. Have you noticed that? Well, you know, we had a lot of quiet support uh, in in from the community. Um, you know, you had the ones that were going out in the paper, and you know, um, that had you know the names, and they were making you know the splash about the. Uh, you know, the signs and how they were going to be an eyesore and, you know, this, that and the other. But reality of the situation is we actually had a lot of quiet support um, from the community, people that didn't want to say anything publicly, but were expressing to us um, their support uh, behind closed doors. So we knew that obviously there was going to be, you know, those who have a microphone, so to speak, that were able to get out and push their own agenda about, you know, the, the signs. But um, we were very uh, happy and excited with the quiet support that we were getting um, from various people, from various uh, community uh, groups. Um, so if for us, it was just a uh, a matter of continuing to move forward and, and doing it. And, you know, uh, we, we've been that good neighbor, Dan. Um, you know, you and I have had many, many conversations about um, our community here, our Shinnecock community. 
And we've always been that good neighbor. We've always been um, supportive of the community, even when we've watched uh, around us in horror, um, the, the destruction you know, of our waterways, the destruction of land, uh, the building of you know, McMansions, uh, and you know, even all of the, uh, the, the building that's going on uh, out on um, County Road 39 there. You know? So, I mean, for us, you know, it was just a matter of time before we got tired, we got fed up and said, you know what, we're gonna do something you know, for ourselves that will help our community. Um, we've always heard, you know, every time we've done something, you know, and it's been it's been really funny to watch because every time we've done something, uh, whether it was the cigarettes or you know the gaming, you know, we've had you know those individuals in in power come out and say, well, you know, we have other ideas for you. We have other ideas for you. You know, let's sit down and talk. And we've never heard any of the ideas. You know, they've they've never come to the table with any so-called ideas, um, you know, for us to use. So at some point in time, you know, you, you can kick a dog, you know, around for a long time, you know, but then he's gonna bite back. And that's where we're at at this point. You know, we've been kicked around and misled and um, talked about, and we're just, you know, saying now, you know what, we're going to do what is right and necessary and good for our own community. Do you have any other plans in the works for other sources of income other than the casino? Yes. Can you tell me about any of them yet? Uh, at the moment, I can't. Um, but actually, I think it's something that uh, will be accepted um, much more readily than the gaming. Um, obviously, we're doing the medical cannabis and... and uh, you know, that's still on course as well. Uh, we'll be having a meeting uh, coming up in July to pass all of the resolutions for that. Um, but we have a, another exciting project that I think that will uh, fit in, you know, out here in the Hamptons um, that will be a substantial revenue generator for the tribe. Um, but I'm at, at liberty right now to, <laughs> to really discuss it. All um, right. What are you planning for the powwow this year? We have canceled the powwow this year. We are going to uh, go back to a virtual. It's really hurting um, because this would have been the 75th anniversary of our, uh, of our uh, powwow being open to the general public. Um, but we just could not take the chance, uh, even though, um, you know, the, the rules and restrictions have been lifted. Uh, we did not feel that we could take the chance um, because of uh, such some of the tight quarters there. You know, you've been to the powwow and, you know, a lot of the booths are small and you go in the booths and, you know, so there was really no way to, um, you know, not only protect the outside public, but to protect our vendors and, and our dancers as well. So, uh, you know, we decided against uh, having it on just, you know, it on the side of safety and, uh, and taking that precaution. And pretty much everybody uh, across the Northeast here um, followed uh, all of the tribal groups, uh, the Mashpee Wampanoags, which have their power on 4th of July weekend. Uh, they have canceled, uh, the Narragansetts in Rhode Island have canceled, uh, the Mohegans have canceled. The only one that's going to attempt to do it at this point 
is the uh, Match and Tucker Pequots, the owners of Foxwoods. But uh, Salamanca, the Seneca powwow has been canceled. So just about all of the, uh, as we call it, you know, in Indian country here, the powwow circuit, the Northeast powwow circuit has been uh, canceled. Um, and even all the powwows, you know, that were at the universities, you know, Brown University has a small powwow, Yale has a small powwow, Harvard has a small powwow, uh, even all of the university powwows uh, were canceled. So, um, you know, we just uh, are going to prepare for next year and come back bigger, stronger and better. Tell me a little bit about the um, arrangement that was made, which I think was a very joyful one with the town about the burying grounds. How, are the, how is the revering of the dead different for the Shinnecocks from your tradition from, our, from the uh, Caucasian approaches? Um, well, I mean, I think that, you know, the, we honor our ancestors. I think there's a big difference uh, just in that, in that realm. Um, you know, we, we've seen areas where there's community development and uh, they want to put something there and they'll dig up, you know, your ancestors and they'll uh, move the bodies to a, a different location. Um, we don't do those kind of things. Um, so for us, you know, once we, you know, put our, our people, um, uh, once we bury them, uh, and, and usually they're buried with, you know, some sort of artifacts that was uh, a part of who they were, you know, uh, in, in this world, uh, for them to take with them, you know, to the spirit world. Um, we, uh, we honor them, though. And it, there's a major difference, um, you know, in, in our philosophy and how we treat those who have gone on before us, because we know that, you know, without them, we would not be here. Um, they paved the way for us uh, to have, um, you know, even to, to maintain this small piece of land that we have here that, you know, we call Shinnecock, the Shinnecock Neck, our, our piece in West Woods. I mean, you know, you see all the other lands that have, you know, been stolen from us, uh, especially out here in Shinnecock Hills uh, in 1859, where, you know, all of that land was flat out illegally taken. It's not even a question. Um, and we didn't, we didn't, you know, lose the federal case um, the judge, you know, in the, in, the, in the case, in the federal case said that we had waited too long and they used this, uh, this thing called latches. But, uh, you know, that's something that we're also going to revisit um, because now that we're a federal tribe uh, back in 1973-74, um, when we actually sued the first time for the, um, for our lands, um, we were put on that list for federal recognition. They said that we had somehow disappeared off the list. I know we were on the list in the, you know, the 40s, 50s, um, and we were somehow, we disappeared. We were never terminated by Congress like a lot of the other tribes across the country. We just disappeared off the list. So when we sued uh, for our land in 1973-74, um, they said that you know, they didn't have a record of us and so they were putting us on this list. So as you're well aware, in 1978, we went on the list to be a federally recognized tribe, a process that was supposed to take a year and a half, two years at the most. And uh, we ended up waiting uh, almost 32 years. Uh, and a lot of that is thanks to our 
influential neighbors, you know, that are around us here, um, which we have clearly uh, discovered um, that the delay process was uh, part of a concerted effort to keep us from being federally recognized. But uh, now there's a new agreement with the town about burial grounds. Briefly, what is that? It's uh, it's a moratorium. Um, right now, um, there's there was a moratorium put on it as uh, for any um, construction work um, that you know a tribal member, uh, especially in the sacred areas. There's designated zones that are. Uh, especially up here in the hills that are um, uh, have been designated historical sites or on the uh, town's uh, sensitive sensitive map, sensitivity map, um, sensitivity sites map. Um, and so what that would do um, the, the, the moratorium um, would temporarily uh, halt any construction um, and make sure that there were tribal uh, a tribal member, um, our historic preservation officer, or someone would be there to monitor to make sure that, you know, while either there was digging going on, um, if any uh, digging was going on, they, you know, the tribe would be notified, um, and then they would have to do the, uh, the, uh, the test. There's three different um, tests, and it's, I'm blanking on it right now, that are done to um, verify in areas uh, uh, sensitivity in terms of artifacts or anything along those lines, uh, burials, um, and similar to what you know happened um, with the Hawthorne Road property, um, where you know, uh, a skull was discovered uh, and an artifact was discovered as well uh, at that time, um, and you know basically a halt was put on it, and um, we ended up getting the Community Preservation Fund to. Uh, help the tribe. Uh, we actually paid for some of that as well. Um, so in a joint effort between the Community Preservation Fund, the tribe, and the town, we were able to purchase that property. So that's kind of like what we're looking at in the future, you know, as we move forward. But we're still pushing the fact that uh, New York State does not honor NAGPRA, you know, which is the um, uh, act that, you know, uh, talks about New York is only one of four states that doesn't have that or honor the federal um, laws concerning burial sites and traditional burial sites. So that's something we're still pushing um, on a national level as well. Well, thank you for coming. I'm talking to Lance Gums, who's one of the tribal chiefs of the Shinnecock Indian Nation and a good friend. And uh, I'll see you soon. All right, thank you for having me on, Dan. And the palm. Yes, I look forward to that. <laughs> okay, bye. All right, have a good one.